What on earth is going on here? What's up, Pamela? We're participating in Nat Geo Kids' podcast party in honor of the 100th anniversary of the discovery of King Tut's tomb. We're going to explore ancient Egypt. Awesome. Wait, how are we doing that? Pete and I are putting the finishing touches on our virtual reality machine so we can experience the discovery of King Tutankhamun's tomb 100 years ago. Oh my gravy. We're ready for our first test. Ooh, me, 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 me. Are you sure, Ryan? It's still got some kinks. It might not work. If there's anything VR around here, I want to be the first to try it. King Tut's tomb, here I come! Shut it down! Ryan, are you okay? You're covered in sand! Oh, that was awesome! Felt like I was really in Egypt in 1922. Can I do it again? Ryan, we gotta start the show. I'm Pamela Kirkland. And I'm Ryan Willard. It's Wednesday, October 19th. Is it still 1922? Nope. 2022, and this is the 10 News. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Before we try any more VR experiences, let's get tenors up to date on this week's headlines. Right, here are 10 things you need to know right now. Processing. In economic news, inflation is historically high, which means pretty much everything is more expensive. That includes mortgages, the loans needed to buy a house, which are at their highest rate in 20 years. There is now a cheaper option for Netflix, but it does come with ads. Netflix has announced it's creating its cheapest membership plan at $7 a month. With a basic ad-free plan at only $10 a month, some are wondering if it's worth it. Hmm. Elon Musk is in the news again. Last week, he said that his company SpaceX would no longer fund the Starlink internet service in Ukraine. What? Ukraine has relied on this free internet service during the Russian invasion, and Musk wanted the U.S. government to pick up the tab. He reversed course on Saturday, tweeting that he would continue to fund the service. Thank you very much. Some good news on COVID. The new booster, which targets the Omicron variant, is now approved for kids as young as five. Woohoo! Very helpful timing as schools are seeing some COVID outbreaks this fall. Ah, fiddle fiddle. Protesters threw tomato soup on a famous painting of sunflowers by Vincent van Gogh. The climate activists also glued themselves to the wall, all to bring attention to their cause, which is apparently working since I'm reporting it now. The painting was protected by glass and is unharmed. It is back on display at the National Gallery in London. Phew. And in other protest news, it's rare to see political protests in China, but protesters in Beijing hung banners opposing a third term for Chinese leader Xi Jinping. The ruling Communist Party did appoint him for a third term, a break from the usual two terms for a Chinese president. Wow. In southern Iraq, special drones have helped archaeologists uncover the secrets of an ancient marsh city, one of the world's oldest. Nearly 5,000 years ago, humans built Lagash, a city on the water, like modern-day Venice. It was abandoned a thousand years later, and now many of its ancient structures can be studied. Excellent! The USA's mullet championship has announced their kid and teen winners. 
The best business in the front party in the back hairstyle awards have gone to Emmett Bailey and Caden Kershaw, both from Wisconsin. That's a win for Wisconsin and kids with mullets everywhere. Oh, yeah. In some sad news from the entertainment world, Angela Lansbury, the voice of Mrs. Potts in Disney's Beauty and the Beast, and Robbie Coltrane, the actor who played Hagrid in the Harry Potter films, have both died. They and the characters they created are beloved and will continue to delight kids for generations to come. Aw, man. And we'll close with an update on our story from last week. The overall winner of Fat Bear Week in Katmai National Park in Alaska with the most votes was... Drumroll, please. Bear 747. Yay! Congratulations to all the thinner bears who lost the competition. And that is the 10 things you need to know right now. Data transfer complete. Hey, Pam, I just found an extra headline. Something about NASA punching an asteroid? Yeah. Why is NASA fighting space? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ryan, they didn't actually punch an asteroid, but they did forcefully redirect it. NASA's DART mission is designed to change the path of asteroids. You know, just in case everyone is headed towards Earth. Uh-oh. Let's go to 10 News correspondent Natalie Alonzo for a breakdown of the test. Hollywood loves to make movies that involve an asteroid heading towards Earth and threatening mankind. It's what we call a global killer. The United States government just asked us to save the world. Anybody want to say no? The late 90s had a young Ben Affleck starring in Armageddon. And recently, Don't Look Up was popular on Netflix. We discovered a very large comet. Oh, good for you. It's headed directly towards Earth. An asteroid, as you may have learned, is a chunk of rock smaller than a planet that orbits the sun, just like the Earth does. And you may have heard that it was an asteroid collision that led to the extinction of the dinosaurs some 66 million years ago. Needless to say, the thought of an asteroid crashing into Earth is pretty scary. Scary as in, the collision could be powerful enough to wipe out all life on the planet. Luckily for us, most asteroids are too small to pose a danger to Earth. And we have telescopes and other technology that would allow us to determine ahead of time if a dangerously big asteroid were headed towards us. Warning. But the unanswered question is, if an asteroid ever did pose a threat to civilization, would we be able to do anything about it? Scientists want to know too. Does not look like one single rock to me. Oh boy, we're getting close. On September 26, NASA and the John Hopkins Applied Physics Laboratory conducted the Double Asteroid Redirection Test, or DART for short. Scientists crashed a satellite into an asteroid on purpose. You're kidding me! The asteroid's name is Dimorphos, and it orbits an even bigger asteroid called Didymos. NASA wants to know if the impact of such a crash is enough to change the movement of the asteroid in space. But don't worry, this asteroid was not about to crash into Earth. The mission was just an experiment to see if it would be possible to change the trajectory of an asteroid if one were ever on a collision course with our home planet. 
It'll be a few more weeks before scientists know if the crash had any effect on the asteroid's movements in space. In the meantime, I guess I'll just go rewatch Armageddon. I don't know about you, Ryan, but I feel better knowing NASA was successfully able to redirect Amorphos. Definitely. And if NASA ever does decide to fight space, I took basic karate in college and I'm ready to help. Hey, Pete and Tessa, is the VR machine fixed yet? Ready and waiting. Yes! But not for you, Ryan. What? Why? Because we have one of our kid correspondents, Aruna, coming by. Oh, right. Hi, Ryan. Aruna, you're going to do the VR King Tut tomb discovery? Yeah, but first let me tell you all about King Tut. Program activated. Tutankhamun, the famous king or pharaoh of Egypt. Maybe the only pharaoh you know. But what do you actually know about him? Our boy Tut became pharaoh in 1333 BCE, when he was just nine years old. He ruled for less than ten years, and he wasn't very powerful. In fact, he may not have been in charge of very much at all, because he was just a kid. Hello. His royal advisors were the ones making all the decisions. My liege? When he was 18, Tut died mysteriously. Some think he was murdered. Others think he died of malaria, or another illness, or even a disease he inherited from his family. There's even a rumor about a hippopotamus attack. But that's not even why he's so well known. His tomb. It's all about his tomb. Sometime after his death in 1323 BCE, King Tut's tomb was lost. It was located in the Valley of the Kings, a place on the western banks of the Nile River, near Thebes. The Valley of the Kings was where pharaohs were buried for over 500 years of Egyptian history. Whoa! But no one was quite sure where Tut's tomb was, or how to find the entrance. Historians were salivating over a chance to study this tomb for a very long time. Since no one had disturbed Tut's time in eternity, no grave robbers had taken anything from the tomb like they had for so many others, King Tut's tomb was the perfect place to take a deeper look into ancient Egypt's history, culture, and what they thought about life, death, and everything else in between. That's incredible! So yeah, this tomb was kind of a really big deal. Program terminated. Alright, Aruna. You ready to check out the tomb in VR? Let's go! <laughs> it's working! These readings are off the charts. Uh, where did Aruna go? Oops, we, we invented, invented time, time travel. travel! Pamela! Pete and Tessa accidentally sent Aruna back in time to the moment when King Tut's tomb was discovered. Hello? Aruna! You're okay! You want to report on what you're seeing in the Valley of the Kings in Egypt in 1922? Tell us about the gold! Alright, Aruna, take it away! I'm on the ground in the Valley of the Kings with British archaeologist Howard Carter. Everyone told him it was a myth, 
A story, not really history. But for years, Carter searched the Valley of the Kings with his patron, Lord Carnarvon. And on November 4th, 1922, Carter found the door. <gasps> Carnarvon was in England and came to Egypt as fast as he could. And now here we are on November 23rd, having just opened the door. Nothing has been touched since the tomb was originally sealed. There are even footprints in the dust from the Egyptians who have been there last. And in the four rooms of this tomb, it's the discovery of a lifetime. It's the tomb of Tutankhamen! Aruna, what do you see? Ryan, there is so much gold! In the center of the room, bedazzled and bejeweled, is the mummy of Tutankhamen himself in a really cool sarcophagus. In Tut's sarcophagus, or his crib, as the young people might say, he does not have just one coffin. Not two coffins. He has three. No way! Extra. Very extra. The Egyptians were one of the wealthiest kingdoms in history. And wow, they didn't skimp on this too. The two outer coffins are made of wood and covered in gold and semi-precious stones. But the third, the third, is solid gold. Holy moly! And that's not even all, because over Tut's mummified head is a funerary or death mask made of 22 pounds of solid gold and it's inlaid with semi-precious stones. It's truly a masterpiece of ancient Egyptian art. Awesome! Ryan, all the accessories of the pharaoh are here. The false beard that symbolized his strength, the crook and the flail that represented his divine right to rule, and the lavish collar made of, you guessed it, more precious stones. Wow. This is a major discovery, and it's one that will be talked about for hundreds of years. What's this? A spell from the Book of the Dead, an ancient guidebook to the afterlife that protected Tutankhamun from any harm that he could come his way in the treacherous Egyptian underworld. It's inscribed on the back of the mask. Uh, I think I should get out of here. Wait, wasn't there a curse on this tomb? A curse? We're not taking any chances. Tessa, Pete, bring Aruna back now! Thank goodness you're back, Aruna. That was amazing. Can I go again? Aruna, are you okay? Did you bring back a curse with you? Are curses real? Well, I seem to be okay. But a lot of Pharaoh's tombs were said to be cursed to scare away grave robbers. It didn't work. But the curse of King Tut seemed to have been real because Lord Carnivon died just five months after this tomb was discovered. Revenge of the Mummy? Nope. Carnivon just died of blood poisoning from an effective mosquito bite. But he wasn't the only one who died. Two other people who visited his tomb died of illness, and when Carter gave a friend a few souvenirs from the tomb, his friend's house then burned down. And when it was rebuilt, the house was then flooded. Coincident or deadly mummy curse? You be the judge. I like this kid more and more and more. Thanks, Aruna. Welcome to the Trivia Room. Woo! I just traveled 100 years to try out the Trivia Throne. Aruna, I'm so glad you made it back. Sorry about the accidental time travel thing. 
It's fine. It was actually really cool. We'll hop on up on the trivia throne and get ready for today's trivia question. What is going on here? Trivia on the ten. The burial of King Tutankhamun in Egypt was truly impressive. But do you know the word for the large stone coffin in which King Tut was laid to rest? Is it A. Cartouche B. Sarcophagus or C. Amphora Tenors, did you guess it? Aruna, what's your answer? Oh, I know this. It's B. The answer is... B. Egyptian pharaohs and their families were often buried in large stone coffins called sarcophaguses, or sarcophagi. King Tut's was made from a single block of red quartzite, a type of stone. Wow, that's cool. And you know, coffins must be really comfortable. Everyone's just dying to get into them. Thanks for coming by the trivia room, Aruna. Tenors, do you want to sit on the trivia throne and share your trivia knowledge? Visit the10news.com slash contact to get in touch, and we might have you on the show. You know, there's actually a pretty cool connection between King Tut and space. Ancient aliens? No, no. King Tutankhamun had an iron dagger, but he lived during the Bronze Age, before humans could extract iron from the Earth. So how did he have an iron dagger? Well, the iron in King Tut's dagger was actually from a meteorite, and Egyptian sources at the time called it iron from heaven, meaning they knew the metal came from meteorites that fell from the sky. Holy flaming space daggers! Exactly. And with that, I think we should wrap up the show. And tenors, if you're interested in listening to more of the podcast party, check out the Big Fib and their episode on Pharaohs on October 20th. And before we go, here's a quick note for the grown-ups. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust? You need Shopify for retail. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in-line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Shopify's sleek, reliable POS hardware takes every major payment method and looks fabulous at the same time. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lifestyle, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lifestyle to take your retail business to the next level today. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages. Teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. 
Thanks for listening to The 10 News. Our show is now weekly and drops every Wednesday. But if you want some bonus content, you could join the Tenors Club on our website or on Apple Podcasts. The 10 News is a co-production of Small But Mighty Media and Next Chapter Podcasts. The 10 News creative team is punching asteroids and includes Tracy Crooks, Pete Musto, and Tessa Flannery. Natalie Alonzo and tenor Aruna contributed to this episode. Our production director is Jeremiah Tittle, and our executive producers are Donald Albright and show creator Tracy Leeds Kaplan. I'm Ryan Willard. And I'm Pamela Kirkland. Thanks for listening to The 10 News. Now, I'm off to go walk like an Egyptian. Hi, friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now.